0: Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse, with host Shereen Rice on the CWR Talk Network. Good evening, this is Shereen Rice with Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse. My goal for this show is to educate and help in a healing journey for those that are suffering from domestic abuse. If you are listening tonight and you would like to get in touch with me uh, the email, I have an email for you. That would be shereen, S-H-A-R-E-E-N-E-C-W-R at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from you at any time. If you are our guest and you'd like to call in tonight, my number is 917-889-8078. I'd also love to hear from you. I'd like to remind everyone that our show is on Thursday night, uh, the second and fourth Thursday nights of each month. And that would be at 8 o'clock Central Time. 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, and so on. My show can also be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play if you subscribe to those services. If you want direct links to the programs on these services, you may go to the homepage and our website address of cwrtalknetwork.com and click on the logo for that service. If at any time you experience a trigger by this topic, please call the national hotline, and that will be one 800 799 or 1-800-799-7233. Okay, before I go to our public announcement, I just wanted to talk about a couple different um, things. One is an issue and and one is uh, an explanation, if you will, or uh, introduction. Uh, It was announced today that Wanda Barzee is being released from prison. Now, if you don't remember who she is, she's the one that kidnapped. Elizabeth Smart in 2003, or helped kidnap Elizabeth Smart in 2003, and helped her abuser, Elizabeth's abuser, continued to abuse Elizabeth. That was not domestic abuse. That was abuse that was outside the domestic realm. She was physically abused, sexually abused, psychologically abused, verbally abused, and emotionally abused. Her family says that she is still a threat, and Elizabeth feels her family is in danger. And she now has a husband and some children. Please call the SLC Parole Board if your displeasure of releasing someone who is still unfit to live in the society realm of life—that would be so helpful. So, on to more. My guest uh, originally was my dear friend Melissa from Massachusetts. And she has an awesome business about developing self because of the abuse that she endured. The fact uh, last week or two weeks ago, I explained that her husband was not doing well due to cancer. Well, uh, about a week ago, her husband passed away. And so if you can pray for her, that would be helpful. And um, that is very heartbreaking for all of us that are really close to her. Um, I will have her on later on, um, probably a few weeks from now. Okay, so I replaced her with a young girl named Sarah. And she just got out of her abusive situation. And she really wanted to be heard. She wanted to have her voice heard, and I get that. The thing is, is when people just get out of an abusive situation, they're in a lot of turmoil. They're still enduring their trauma and she wasn't able to make it tonight either so aren't we lucky (laughs) i have on tonight a dear friend of mine leanna conley and she has her master's in i'm sorry she has her bachelor's in business and a master's in education adult education with an emphasis in human resources and she has a lot of experience in domestic violence as well so she offered to to share what she has endured. Now, we're gonna to talk to her about the pros and cons of leaving a state to flee an abuser. Now, I'm not sure if anyone out there has had this experience. I had to do it myself, I can't even go back. And she's gonna talk about the same, same thing, the same situation, pretty much. Okay, we're going to go to a public service announcement and we'll be right back with her. My savings are gone. Okay, where were they last? Here, right before I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Weird. Not weird. Not saving now means no money later. For free ways to save, in, go to uh, feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American I'm Institute in, of CPAs uh, and Council. You still hear this, though, huh? <laughs> Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. I want to welcome you back to my show, and I would like to bring Leanna on, and we're going to start talking to her. Hi, Leanna. Hi, Shireen. How are you? Excellent. Can you hear me okay? I can. Alrighty. So your question, or my question to you, is I want to talk about the pros and cons of leaving a state to flee an abuser for your freedom. So tell us about your experiences with that. Well, um, I've definitely done it three times across the countries, um, and it has been the only way to have really gotten away completely um, from the abusers that I've had in my life, three in particular. So I moved, had a terrible experience with um, assaults and a man that's been in prison for 30 years that just recently got out, and he's abusing people that are contacting me about him now. Um, I moved from Washington State to Texas. Um, That was between my, let's see, that abuse went on between 15 years old and then 18, and then I moved to uh, Texas to be with uh, family. Um, The second abuser was a little more complicated. He actually left the state um, and that was that was very helpful um, and then the third I just recently left um an abuser in Arkansas who during our marriage abused with money control and uh mental verbal
1: violence
0: and abuse and so I, I had, had to give custody, custody to, to my for my twins, twins to him because they, they were, were hurt. It was hurting them and, them and me. But if I for me need need to leave from Arkansas, Arkansas to Utah, up, which is quite a ways to trek across again to get, to get away, away from, from yeah. him, so, so that could it be we. Oh, he's coming after and me, and using them as the the go between so okay let's talk about your first one tell me a little bit about that experience okay the first first one was very young young, and he uh, would be considered a sex offender now because at my age when I was 14 he was 19 and he completely came in and controlled my entire family. Um, unfortunately, my dad was working out of state, so he wasn't the normal protector there to get rid of people like this guy. Um, so
1: I endured
0: that, not knowing that there was anything different. Um, and that was that was terrible. That was jumping out of cars being pulled by my hair, from furniture out of buildings gone after after that, um, he my been, like I said, this first one was, um, had been in prison for assault and DUIs and alcohol issues and, um, for women, against women. Um, then it, my dad came back into, in, back into the family, um, working both in, um, I had been going to high school. And, and I, I endured so, so much being under this man's roof, being made to marry him, My so, tell, and
1: him telling my, my
0: parents he's going to take me away and I'll never see him, was nobody a choice. Nobody, nobody knew kind of how to have a voice, voice in my family and or myself. And, and so, I, so um, I quit school. Because of him, I went to work for the first time. I was uh, 15, and I don't think I think back then. Yeah, they let you work when you were 15. Um, and he worked, and had already graduated. I had to wait till he fell asleep to call any of my friends on the phone. Anytime I would cook, he would throw my food out into the street and tell me what it was was. Cook, I was in person in general, and, um, and, and then if we, we ever went, went to any parties, parties and, um, and I didn't, didn't stay by his side, side or mouth across, across the room, room I, I love, love you back to yeah, him, he, he was would to come and grab me by my hair, throw me in, in the car,
1: drive down, down the road,
0: and then throw me out, out, of, the out of the car. And then that abuse went on for two years. so uh, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. So I moved when I was eighteen, so that was that was three three good three years of that. Um, you know, just throwing me down in the snow, bumps, bruises, brokenness. Uh, I was pretty terrible, and sexual abuse was very terrible. Um, and it has created a lot of difficulty in my life as I have continuously attracted abusers um, going forward and it's taken a lot of healing so but two relationships have been with abusers and um, yeah Uh, let me ask you this you didn't have an option to leave right Mm -mm. because he probably would have killed you right Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah so there, there is no pros to staying on that one. There's only pros to leaving, right? Mhm. Mhm. Just uh, trying to get uh, away. Right. And your family helped you? Yeah. What happened was when I, when I finally decided to run, because I tried several times to get away, but
1: when I. Um,
0: he hit, hit me and threw me up down, down, down the
1: down the stairs in the snow,
0: and I was bleeding and I couldn't uh, i just, i just I just ran, ran for my life and, and um he, he was too drunk, drunk to face. chase me, so, so I, I ran, ran down, down as far as I could to the phone booth and called my mom. My dad had moved back at that point um and they immediately came and got me and that's the way, the way they, they could get, get me out of it. Because they couldn't go over it. and just say, hey, we want Leanna. You'd never let them do that.
1: So I got away
0: far enough to get, get them called and then me to their house. And then they took it from there as far as going to court. And But unfortunately, nothing legally back in the 80s, you know, God knows it would have been wonderful if you'd been put in prison for assault then versus now I know he he, first, close, he almost killed his first wife and the second one is pretty banged up and, and he's been in prison for thirty years, just recently out dating people that I know from high school that are contacting me about what you know, him showing me his rap shoes That's what he has been wonderfully mm-hmm. contributing to, to society. So but yeah, my family stepped in my dad was taking a job in Texas, and
1: I was
0: still controlled. I was still, you need to stay, you need to make this work with me. That's what he's saying to me. And my dad just said, "Oh hell no, you're moving with us," and that's it. And that pretty much. He called a couple of times, but my life started over, and I was, a eighteen. And what did you take with you? When you left him. Probably just the shirt off your back? Oh, oh yeah. My my, my my parents had he had his own house. Which was weird, I don't I don't know. And but all of my furniture room. was in it. He'd he'd taken it out, thrown it out on the on um, the front lawn several so different arguments and then made me move it back down. in. Um
1: but, but yeah, yeah exactly I left
0: what I, what I had on, my my night clothes, clothes, and left everything. Never my parents never let me go over there or him come near me again. So. And let me ask you this: the um, he left with nothing, and what he did to you would that have constituted any type of assault? Was he was he physical with you or just verbally and emotional? What was what was he with you? Um, phys- physically emotionally
1: verbally, and, you said sexually.
0: and sexually yes so absolutely even in the 80s i would think that would have done something but you know i will say that in the 80s unfortunately it it was almost looked at like oh that's a family problem we're not going to deal with that S- something you know i, I it was it it's was surprising, surprising really yeah. i think uh for me to be going to the courts and my parents to sign so I could get married to this guy and um but my parents didn't, didn't want to lose me and he had threatened them and so that happened that way um, but yeah that's hard Okay, so the second one. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Where did you meet him?
1: Um, um, the
0: second one. He was a great guy. The problem with him was he was an alcoholic. Um, my my picker obviously has been off since the since the uh, abuser. You think you begin to think that's what it needs to be or that's what a relationship is, even though my parents never had that.
1: Um,
0: I didn't see that with him. Um, but he was an alcoholic, and so during some of the times that he was drunk, he would come and we'd get in physical altercations. And at one point, um, he was choking me, and my son had to call 911. And
1: instead of taking him,
0: because he, he had come to my house. house, we were divorced, and, and pushed just way in, in and put, you know, and was choking me. And they, they cuffed me, me and took me, too, even though I, I said, said, I'm just here in my house, and here right I just to get choked, and, and, you know, know why do I, do I have, have to go? And they were very very terrible, terrible to me, the policemen, police people. One, one of the police officers obvious, actually said, and, uh... uh Well, Well, you probably probably deserved it. Oh. Oh. Well, and I'm going to tell you, arresting the victim is not uncommon. Um, Was that in the 90s? That was in 97. 97. Mm -hmm. And in 94, they came out with the Violence Against Women's Act, which actually worked, which works still to this day, works against victims because of the fact that law enforcement can arrest the victim, and it's okay. At that time, they could do two arrests. It's almost imminent that they do two arrests. But law enforcement has a problem, and that's called identifying who the victim really is. So So that's that's why why, they arrest both because they don't know which one's really the victim because what's the first thing an abuser says? I'm the victim. And the victim says, Mm -hmm. "Um, I think I'm the victim. And they don't, they have broken pickers too. Their picker is to pick who was the victim. So that's why I always suggest that they take someone that's knowledgeable in that area out with them so that they can um, identify who truly is the abuser because one thing an advocate can do is they're definitely trained to do that. and we're, Where law enforcement is not, which is fine. I like law enforcement to be exactly what they are. And um, they need to be, you know, the, the strong arm, and they need the advocate to come in and, and sue the victims because they can tell who the victim is and who isn't. Even though the abuser will feign the victim, they can tell. I can tell in a heartbeat. And... Uh, and to be honest with you, if it's physical, it's 96% chance that it's the guy that's the abuser. So even if they didn't know and they just arrested the guy, they have a 96% chance of being right. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a good compass to go by, actually, isn't it? Okay, so tell us a little bit about. Um, so he was an alcoholic. So he was not abusive when he wasn't drinking. Is that correct? No, not he was not abusive at all. So. He wasn't a uh, power control freak then. Yeah. Uh, I think he has was just he has struggled so much with addiction and wanting so much to be uh,
1: clean and sober
0: that I don't think he did. I don't think he did anything intentionally to be an abuser. It wasn't in his nature. It was. It was. It was um right you know uh, he didn't have that that, that violence he he didn't have that or the shame or anything like that he right. he was always very positive and uplifting and, um oh. and a wonderful dad and and husband he just i've you never, never done known done. someone struggle so hard with with, with alcoholism yeah. and, and try yeah. to get sober um, his entire life he struggled with it and went to thousands of drug rehabs. So, um, so that was just unfortunate. He didn't receive the help he needed for the mental illness that went with in conjunction to like a dual diagnosis between alcohol or addiction and, and mental illness. He was nothing like um, the narcissist or the um, sociopath that I were, was married to. the had the first one and the last one so um so that's got to be hard loving someone so much and they don't have the uh personality disorders but they do have the abusive behavior only when they're drunk and that's a lot when they're in an addict usually is that right Mm -hmm. okay so how did you get away from him now you said you had divorced him before you got away from him and he Mm -hmm. came over and that's when did he ever physically abuse you while you were married, or was it only after um after after uh, when, when um i I, I, I really divorced, divorced him in I, I married, time, married him in 90- 90, 90 something and then divorced him in 97
1: when our son
0: was diagnosed with leukemia he was mm-hmm. he my husband was losing losing it mentally. Um, at, at that, that point.
1: point, and, and so, so
0: he was pretty much checking out,
1: and then
0: um, I divorced him, hoping he, that would help him be sober, with along with all the other treatment, treatment centers, centers I went to, as far as dealing with my al dependency, and go so um and whatnot, so, um, so, so he, he, uh, he, he was, was pretty, pretty much homeless after we divorced, and, and then he would come and try we try to make it work and then he couldn't stay sober and um and it was just uh just a hard, a sad situation and then he finally in um three years ago was hit by a drunk or hit by uh a driver in Newport Beach as he was he had just finished a great treatment center um but, but and almost finished but they had a catering company come in. And they left their hand sanitizer, and he drank the hand sanitizer, and so he had to leave. That's how bad of an alcoholic. And uh, so he was in the emergency room, and they treated him for four hours for alcohol poisoning, just like they do with any homeless person. And then they sent him out on the street with a bunch of benzos, and he walked out into traffic and got hit by a car. Oh, no. So, yeah. so, That was your second husband? That was, yeah. yeah, that was my second husband who I, you know, just kind, kind of, of waited crazy. for. Too. Yeah. And yeah. that was that was really tough and I had three kids with yeah. him and yeah. raised yeah. them on my own because of his yeah. inability to do it. Yeah. I well, that, that's got to be hard. Okay, let's talk about your last one. I know this is a little bit of a sensitive subject, mm-hmm. but... um. So, there, I'll say this right now. We're talking about the pros and cons of leaving, and right now I'm not seeing any cons of leaving, only the pros. I mean, fleeing the state after you leave, or mm-hmm. when you leave, getting far, far, far away. Yeah. Okay, let, let's talk about the last one. Um, you were, uh, you met him in, I know you moved to Arkansas, but did you meet him in Texas? Because that's where you were, right? With your boys? With with my boys, actually, we had moved from Texas, uh, where I was was directing the recruiting process for Wyndham Hotels, and And then we moved back to Oklahoma, where I had gone to college in Edmond, and And I I met met him like the second month, month, second, first month, second month month that I was there, and And I actually met him right after. I, I had tried, tried to make it work with, with my second husband. but He couldn't say. Over. Yeah. yeah. I met him in, in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I got, I got pregnant. We would not marry them. I I could have, <laughs> have <laughs> uh, But, you know, uh, thought, uh, I well, maybe the boys need, the boys dad. need a dad. Maybe he'll be a good dad, dad. And I was pregnant like no twins. So, so we moved to Arkansas to be near his family. And start, are, you know, our, our family, family there. there too. Too. And so, so that,
1: that was in,
0: in Oh, we were married two, in O five. And uh he's a narcissist, sociopath, um only child, still want nursing with his mother.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> and uh entitled um Verbally abusive, emotionally abusive,
1: on drugs
0: the entire time we were married. Um, And and just a very selfish, women-demeaning person. And and so I was stuck stuck there uh, with the three older boys that never never had had a dad. And And my twin girl baby
1: baby girls,
0: and he... uh, um, he we, we just we bought a big house there. He had a, he took a job with his uncle that I had suggested so he could start making some money so that um, our family of seven was very
1: comfortable.
0: Um, and uh, we moved ten houses down from his parents, who I thought would be wonderful to be close to the kids and. Especially with me having twins, having three older boys, that was really helpful with friends. Um, my husband, that, that this person, my husband and I was married to, was always working full time with his uncle, part time doing something he could be getting high doing, like uh, mowing yards or whatever, or and then was always racing on the cross country
1: deal. So. He was gone, gone
0: and high, and, and I was with the five, five kids, which is fine. I raised them all on my own anyway, and um, and then when he was at the house, he was just on
1: his his drug of
0: choice was pain pills, and
1: I had
0: I have anxiety and my own um, things that I have, not so he would take, take my antidepressant or, you know, my anxiety medication um, to, to the end, extent he was taking 10 milligrams of Xanax um, and so so,
1: so, so I'm, I'm dealing, dealing with my, my
0: you know, wow. my depression and medications and he's taking them all so it's, it's hard, hard for me to be, be. good um, and so then yeah. Um. So to get to, to get away from him. Okay. Hear me. Yeah. Uh, well, what what, what happened, happened
1: was the, the, to, to get, the, get away
0: with from him. Um, uh, yeah. In two thousand eleven, uh, I ran, ran down and got an attorney, and, and, uh, and mm-hmm. without, without thinking, thinking about where my money's, money's coming I'm from, whose name the house is in you know, anything like that, I filed for divorce and had him served. And I left the house. And so it gave him and his family that have millions of dollars the opportunity to take the house, take all of my money, take my vehicle, take anything that I could move on independent of that place,
1: of of my home
0: but instead of putting putting him out out, they put me out and uh uh, you know based based on that control and abuse and all of those things things, you just I just didn't think that you know know, that that would happen
1: happen. hindsight Hindsight, that you know that's that's what he wants wants to do is hurt
0: me and leave me penniless and hopefully I die um Um, so 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 then the struggle began yeah, and so his uh, his only drug of choice was that of um, medical prescription, right? Is that right, or did he have a, another drug that he used? and now, marijuana what? and and uh, cocaine and you know what other drugs he could get on himself on? And he, uh, um, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So does he still do that? Because I know that the children are in his his hands now you know what, it's probably the hardest, hardest, hardest decision for any mother to make to leave their children with the abuser, because a lot of times the abuser will only abuse the wife or the uh, the, the the companion, and they won't abuse the children, so let me ask, um, tell me, not how hard it was, we all know that that would have been just speechless hard, but... Um, the The reasoning behind that that helped you make that decision. Well, what, well, what happened was I, well, I was working, working with a very, very little, little amount of money, um, and, and I had, I had hired had several, several different, different attorneys, attorneys to fight his attorney that's, attorney. that's a relative, relative and the judge and is a relative, and, and everyone, everyone in the town is a relative,
1: and, and everyone
0: in, in the big boys club there. In, in Conway, Conway Arkansas, Arkansas in, is in, in the Louis Club <laughs> that my ex-husband <laughs> happens to rule. Yeah, so, so there was there no winning. Um, it it to, to prove that, that I was fit, fit. because he his, his argument that he was that I was not fit, and, and that he needed to raise the kids, even,
1: even though he worked
0: two jobs and races race, pro, races the pro circuit. circuit. So, so it was, it, was, it was, was not him going to raise the, the kids, kid, but it was, it was his mom, mom his mom yeah. and dad. And, and that, that was fine with the, the, it with the court. They, they gave that he did. The judge eagerly gave, gave him my ex after, after being paid, after being paid. <laughs> uh, uh, emergency full custody, custody of the, of the kids.
1: Uh, because, because I was, I was trying,
0: trying to find places to, to be. I had a rental house. I had an apartment. You know, I'm trying, and I,
1: I bought my own
0: house. I bought my own car. I'm, you know, I'm self-sufficient and just getting on my feet. Well, during this time, he took full custody and had supervised custody with me.
1: And then three years
0: of court battle, we got joint custody with, with him, him and, and him, he him never, never ever, ever, having to pay child support. Uh, never. never. Never alimony, never, never child support, support never anything. So, so all, all of these things, things I'm having to do with the money that, that I've saved in my life. life and not, not the money from the marriage, not, you, you know, get getting any, nothing, you know. I, um, so uh, I couldn't I could could really, I couldn't really fight. Um, but, but I accepted the fact that, fact that, that my lawyer, lawyer told me he's not going to pay child support, and he wants control, and he's going to be, be making all the final decisions.
1: Um,
0: and and that's what care. you get. And, and if and you and and you, you kind of need just to stroke his, his ego, ego now, going, going forward, so, so you don't lose, you don't have to go back to him having temporary full custody again. So
1: I got, I got to, to watch,
0: watch my feet feet and news and live in, in a town where he is in charge and, and watch, watch him make my girls not act happy, happy to see to me see because he'd tell them, them that they would take, them he would make it to where they couldn't, they couldn't see me at all. Um, anytime anytime I, wanted I wanted to get them into a sport or into music. It, it was, was always, he made the final decision, no. Um, um, when it was time for them to get, get the uh, um,
1: cervical, cervical cancer
0: um, immunization, immunization that, that 12-year-olds are, are getting now, he said no. Said, no. They, they don't, don't need it. it. They're, They're not, not going to ever. get cervical no. cancer. They, they don't, don't need immunization. And, and I had, had no say. When, when we, we go, to go to the school, school and, and their girls, girls have special have special needs uh we've got a d h d in the family we've got bipolar in the family anxiety depression um, all three of my two of my older boys are on keys for a d h d my these my girls have been held back in second grade one of them is dyslexic they are have struggled in school and I've, I've been, been kicked, kicked out, out of the school because, <laughs> because I wanted to make, make the changes and the things that they need
1: that I was able, able to do with
0: school, the boys
1: who are straight a students
0: and, grad, and, grad, and college, college grad. graduates. <laughs> My, My girls, instead,
1: can't hardly leave
0: when they're in, in sixth grade. So, so but uh, I, I didn't want to leave. leave. I gave gave it it four years years before now to to decide decide if I could win so so I could get get child support, support, so I could work with them, and And then if I I could have a say in what the decisions decisions would be in their their lives, educationally, um, uh, physically, with their... um, all of, you know, all of their doctors and whatnot. So, um, the last lawyer that I had uh, didn't do that. He didn't show up. He did show up. Um, My ex lied and said that he made $43,000 a year, um, even though I had stacks of tax returns and, uh, you know, records to show that he was making... Over hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, so, so nobody took anything that I, did, that, that I did that I had done into account, account and I was the the person that, uh, that didn't need to have them. So I could have stayed, stayed with no child support and support him and making the final decision. But in, in March, when, when the court, court- Where the judge decided that I'd get no child support and that my ex would always make the final decisions. And I saw how much more difficult it was
1: for the girls
0: Um, because to be brainwashed between the time you're five and 12 to not like your mom (laughs) and that your mom's no good and being told that it's.
1: And, and make, make it, it hard
0: for them, for them to love me, um,
1: without, without being
0: reprimanded on his side. side I realized, I realized that, that me being there made it harder for them. And so, um, I I had one therapist that helped me to cope to just to be around this abuser at softball games at you know. I avoided, avoided him like the plague. But, but when, when I did have to, have to be anywhere, wherever he was for school or the girls, um, that therapist helped me with that. Then and my second therapist uh, helped, helped me to get through the court. court the court learning skills to handle an abuser during court, court issues. And, and then the third, third one said, "Why, why are the hell are you are still, are still here?" <laughs> <laughs> she
1: said. She said. She said.
0: You know what? Men leave their kids,
1: and it's
0: okay. And women don't want to do that, especially well because they don't ever leave their kids. Number one. Um. But. Uh, She pointed pointed out to me that that I was never never going going to have the rights rights that I need as the mother in that state
1: and not be
0: abused by him. That That was killing me. I I had literally become a shell shell of a person, and and the the girls girls were told to come to my house house and ruin it, it, jump jump off the the roof, roof, paint the walls, behave as badly as possible, and, and I, so when so she, she said, why are you still here? I said, that's, that's a good question. That I, I was waiting, waiting to, decide to decide that. that. And thanks. thanks. <laughs> your, your
1: comment, comment right, right here
0: is, is what has made me decide to go. So in March, I just told uh, my, my ex, ex that, that he could have full custody Um
1: that so I'm not, not going to pay
0: child support. support. Um, uh, he actually wanted me to pay him child support at one point, and um, um, that, that I, I would, would pay for the travel, travel costs, costs, even you know, though it's, that's it's difficult. difficult. Um, and uh, just so sold everything in my house, house? and okay. left it to okay. my son to manage, manage it, it. and um, put the but stuff in my, my car, car, while I was uh and they needed a live with. and um move from Arkansas about seventeen hundred miles to Saint George, Utah and and I'm making a life for myself here communicating with my girls when it's convenient for my ex husband. Uh, which is difficult. Um
1: and,
0: and just wait a minute. Um, before we move yeah. on, let's go to a public service announcement real quick. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text and is more important than to your life? Someone. someone who takes so their eyes off the road while speeding along that. in a three-ton hunk of steel? Freaky, right? Well, okay. why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety
1: Administration.
0: Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. I'm hoping women can make the choice. Welcome back uh, to Making a Difference About Domestic Abuse. Okay, so to wrap things up a little bit, I want to just mention a few things, Liana, that you brought out. Number one, that abuse is usually, uh, I I like to say it's genetic. Uh, It is environmental to a point. But there is a parent that has one, and they have to grow up with the, the abusive behavior, so they become abusers themselves, which is probably why he was doing any drug he could get his hands on because of the abuse that he endured, right? Um, I think you made an excellent choice because you made the choice for on behalf of your children because he was making it difficult on them and turning them against you. And as a nurturer, parents, mothers are nurturers, not parents. It sounds like he's not really uh, the nurturing type, nor is he staying home to raise them. They're probably pretty much on their own that way. But, um, you know, I have seen your daughters with you um, over Skype, and they just absolutely adore you. They have fun with you. So I think the separation actually might help strengthen your bond with them, whereas, some might think otherwise. I think it is strengthening the bond. I have seen abusers turn children against their parents or their mothers. I'm sorry, and they they do it frequently. I I have to tell you, I see it all the time, unfortunately. But um, in small towns, you do have to um, you have to take into consideration that they own everybody, that everybody they grew up with everybody, they went to school with everybody, uh, uh, they know everybody, and so anything they want is is theirs. And all they will do is dwindle your money down to nothingness. And that's what he was doing it for. And so um, I am so grateful that you came to talk about this, especially when (laughs) when Sarah had to cancel at the last minute. And I do want to say this. Leanna and I and another friend of ours, Janine, we run around together. Uh, We call ourselves Charlie's Angels. And we're all... um, abuse survivors, Mm -hmm. and we just love hanging out, working out together, enjoying each other's company, and so I just have to tell you, I totally adore Leanna, she's wonderful, (laughs) and and made total impact on my life, Um, but I'm going to say goodbye to Leanna, and what I'm going to do is tell you a little bit about our next week's, uh, our next week, or I'm sorry, in two weeks, the person we're going to have. Okay, so it's a dear friend of mine named Susie Fletch and then it's a big Polynesian name and I do not want to ruin it for you. So <laughs> I won't say it because I don't I don't know how to say it. That's what I'm going to tell you. But she has a group called PIKTAR, P I K 2 A R, and this woman is absolutely amazing. In 3 years she has grown this nonprofit to a huge organization in Salt Lake and it's in in St. George as well and they have uh, women's empowerment meetings, men's empowerment meetings, um, everything all over and uh, all over Utah for sure and I'm just very very impressed with her and you will absolutely love her and I can't wait for you to meet her in two weeks. So, this is adieu to all uh, my brothers and sisters of abuse, and we'll be back in two weeks to discuss more topics on domestic violence. In the meantime, if you want to look up any of my other topics or previous radio shows, just go to cwrtopnetwork.com and click on my, well, there's a a drop down, which I'm not sure what the drop down says. Um, I think it says host. And then click on S-Rice, and then you can pick some other topics. I have some great ones out there from other guests that were absolutely amazing. So have a good night, and I will see you in two weeks. Perfect. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Okay, so what I will do.